You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. I uh, appreciate you tuning in and whatnot. If you'd like to participate... Please feel free to do so, 608-501-0718. Looking, looking, looking. Don't think we have any new callers, so we are just going to kick this thing off old school with Uncle Rico. Hey, Ryan. Hey, there he is. Uncle Rico here. Hey. Checking in. Just been listening to you tonight here, and I like your arguments. Thanks. They're good. Thank you. I, uh... Was wondering about uh, why anybody would think it's a good idea to give up a, a draft pick for, you know, like a first round draft pick or two first round draft picks or multiple picks or any one player. That's nuts, man. Like that's like giving up potential players. That's insane. Yeah. Anyways, the one argument. Uh, about this year and next year in the Aaron Rodgers situation, what what is the value of a pick this year versus next year? Like, you know, this, let's say the same pick, number fifteen this year, number fifteen next year. Yeah. Getting the pick this year versus next year. I mean, if I want to, I, I think the more valuable the sooner you get it. I mean, if somebody wants to hand me, like, say, hey, Rico. I'll give you eight hundred dollars right now, or I'll give you a thousand dollars next year. Right. I mean, I'm like, I'm like going to take the eight hundred dollars now. So, what do you think of that? <laughs> also, I just wanted to let you know that I don't need any utensils to cut a pizza because I'm a karate man. And also, <laughs> say the hills are alive <laughs> with the sound of music. I appreciate you hitting on uh, every little topic there. Um, so you ninja chop your pizza. You like, uh, what is that? Is that uh, Heidi? Hills are alive with the sound of music? I don't know. I, I, I was mentioning them before. My grandma was the one that took me to those plays. She also, and I didn't even really think about it. When you're, when you're a kid, you know, you watch Heidi and the Secret Garden and all this. I don't know, like, what's stupid and what's lame or all that. It's just like, I don't know. It's just... Pretty good movie, or not? You know, again, Mary Poppins. There's all the songs. Everything. I freaking love Mary Poppins. Um, as far as the the values, and and I didn't quite understand exactly which part of the question you were kind of honing in on because there was uh, a couple different points being made. But uh, I will say that my understanding of how the value is assessed, at least by some people, I don't know how teams do it, is a uh, First round pick would be the value of like pick thirty two, so it ends up kind of having like a second round value or whatever. But I think the the idea is you, you assume the worst, and so it, it ends up being pick thirty two. Um, but I don't I don't really know exactly how teams do that, and um, yeah, I think the way you phrased it is probably correct. And and you can take the eight hundred if you want to take the eight hundred, but um, 
I guess the only point I'm trying to illustrate, although somebody will throw inflation in my face, which is not part of the argument, so let's just leave that aside, um, it's that $1,000 is worth more than $800, right? So, I mean, if, if you're saying I'll take the 800 next year, you'll be looking at it saying I could have had 1000 and it's, I mean, 800 is less than 1000 I don't know how else to say it, but um, yeah, I, I, I think I answered your question, but I'm not sure. But I do appreciate you calling Uncle Rico. Please keep calling in. Please keep singing to the folks because we need that in our lives. Ryan. Hey. Ryan. Yes, that's me. I know it sounds like I'm mad at you, but I'm not. A little but bit. you better get that bleep button ready. Oh, my good Lord. I see I am him. mad at the morons. Oh, boy. F***ing morons. Yes. If I have to hear yes. one more person say something like, when you know you have the quarterback position solved, when referring <laughs> to the Chicago bears while I'm driving home from work, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drive my truck straight into a damn tree. Just straight into a tree because I am over it. I do not understand. You are the worst team in the NFL. You had the number one pick, so you traded out because you were the worst team in the NFL. Well, that's what's funny, too, because you, you'll mention that. like You know you were the worst. Well, well, we were rebuilding. Okay, a couple things. Number one, you don't have to be the absolute worst team in football to rebuild, right? That's not a requirement. Second of all, if you have the guy at quarterback, it's I don't I, has there ever been a team that's had an elite quarterback that was the number one pick because of a lack of weapons? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know if that's ever happened before. You got like Peyton Manning with no offensive line, no wide receivers, um, maybe a running back, and and not much of a defense. I I don't know. But I'm guessing not so much. I'm guessing if you had like Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, you know, on your team, or Jalen Hurts or, or whatever, I don't think uh, I don't think you get the number one overall pick. And and for some reason, Bears fans are just not getting that into their head. It's just like, no, we were rebuilding, and he doesn't have weapons. No, no, I get it, I get it. But if he's the dude, you're at least going to be picking, you know, like, well, like ninth, like where you are now or something. You know what I mean? You think he would compensate somewhat, but he didn't really do that. So, yeah. I don't care that he can run the ball. Right. Unless their plan is to run the Wildcat and never throw a single pass this year. I do not care. The running only matters if you can be a competent passer. And right. I know you agree with me, but I'm just so no, no. Let sick it out. of hearing it. I'm sick of it. I mean, he was Josh Rosen bad yeah. throwing the football. I would love for you to compare passing, not overall grade because his rushing is going to skew it. Passing grade, uh, Fields. I meant that hurts earlier. So I mean, Fields. Compare Fields to Rosen. Both stats, PFF grade. Wow. One of the worst busts in NFL history was Josh Rosen, and <laughs> I'm not convinced that uh, Fields was not worse last year. I apologize. I know you have a family-friendly show. We're good. We'll figure it out. But, man, I am just so sick of hearing it like we all are. And it is just ridiculous that I have to go to work when I would love to talk football all day. And these people that get paid lots of money to talk football all day are just so dumb. Anyway, go back up. Yeah, so, I mean, before we kind of get into uh, the grades and whatnot, which... Fields technically did have a better passing grade. This year it was a 54. Josh Rosen's best year as a passer was a 48, but we'll see what the stats are and whatnot. Um, but yeah, and, and and listen, a couple things. First of all, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that 
being a really good runner at quarterback is is valueless. Of course, it has value to it. But and and this is the thing where I really depart from a lot of people. I think in in the draft community who are obsessed with the mobile quarterback stuff. Um, it it feels to me as though if you they would rather have a guy with elite mobility that can't throw than a guy that is an elite thrower that can't run. And I absolutely disagree with that. I, I'd be nervous. Um, like what's his name, the quarterback that we talked about on the podcast, who you know very very good accuracy but no mobility. Um, it would make me nervous, but I'd give me the Tom Brady over Malik Willis a hundred times out of a hundred. I mean, we, we, we know how this works. Quarterback is throwing the ball. That's what you do. Running the ball is what you add on to being, being able to throw, but you have to throw first. If you can't do that, it doesn't matter how good of a rusher you are. You're not going to have a career. So that would be number one. Number two, as far as the whole, we know we have the quarterback thing figured out. No, you don't. No, you don't. You might think you know that, but you don't. And it's funny, even when I engage with Bears fans about it, um, they, they won't even really argue about the passing. Some of them will try. They'll throw this out there. But then when you finally get into the nuts and bolts, they'll essentially just talk about how, well, he improved and, and he can improve again. And if he does, then he's going to be really good. It's like, so you're freaking acknowledging that he's not good. I don't understand it. So it just it comes back to like this. We know we have the guy because we know he can run and we somehow know that he's going to improve. Well, that's not how that works at all. But let's see with some of the throwing stats here with Rosen. We'll go back to his last year, I guess. Well, no, it would have to be 2018 Arizona. It's pretty much the only time he did anything consistently. Um, Justin Fields wins yards per attempt. I'm trying to do like just the uh, purrs. 55, 55% completion percentage compared to 60%. So Justin Fields wins again. Big time throw percentage, uh, 4.5 to 3.8. So Josh Rosen wins that one by a pretty wide margin. Turnover worthy plays, 5%. He had 4.4, so Josh Rosen was worse, but, you know, not by a ton. Um, yeah, so Josh Rosen was a worse thrower. But Josh Rosen is also the guy that got drafted and immediately got replaced and then couldn't even get traded for a second-round pick. Was it was it eventually a second or was it less than? I remember it was something, I thought it was like a third-round pick, and it was like, you got to be kidding me. Why wouldn't we at least take a shot at it? Well, now we know why, because everybody watched him and thought this guy's garbage. And so, yeah, Rosen is worse, and obviously he doesn't have the mobility either. Um, but the fact that they're even marginally comparable is is pretty bad. All right, guys, now it is time for special guest... Cheeseballing. Hey, Ryan. Cheeseballing here. What up? Hey, wanted to uh, respond to uh, I think a podcast you did. Um, you had or you played a clip with the Wildy and Tausch. Okay. Um, and you talked about sort of like the Jets and the Packers sort of situation. And <clears throat> you know, after you played the clips, you went in and you totally reamed like the Jets about, you know, not wanting to give in to, you know, a straight one, you know, and then you totally read them, but even though you didn't sort of know the truth, but then when, uh, sort of when I called it sort of in the past, criticizing the sort of Packers for being unreasonable, I actually don't know the truth either, but I'm saying from what I've gathered, it seems like it being reasonable. <clears throat> and then you completely were like, well, you don't know the truth, and you completely were just like trying to like, you know, totally. Well, li listen, the, the reality is 
if what you're saying is I don't know, but I think, but but I think, and and I could be wrong, but I know I'm not the only one because we've had people call in and, and mention this about what you've been saying. You're coming from a standpoint of everybody knows. In fact, that's literally what you said is everybody knows. And, and the position I'm coming from is we don't know, however, right? So I, I, I try to go out of my way to say um, numerous times over and over again, you know, we, don't, we don't know for sure that this is the thing or whatever. But again, I'm playing into assuming this is correct. Here are my thoughts. And so, again, I know I get into it and I get real, you know, I'm slamming them and I'm doing all this stuff, but that's why I try to beforehand hammer the point over and over again. Who knows if this is true? We don't know if this is true. But look, if, if what you're saying is you don't actually know, that's fine, but then don't call in and say things like everybody knows except these Packer fans who are in their little bubble or whatever. I mean, if, if we're just kind of talking in terms of hypotheticals, that's fine. Because that's all I'm really doing is talking in terms of hypotheticals. So there is a distinction there. He, you know, rip into me because, you know, I was saying something critical and you, you know, and then not only that, you were wanting to say, well, you're just listening to anti-Packer stuff. And it's like you completely just made that up. Well, okay. The reason I said that is because the only way you could come to the conclusion that everybody knows except Packer fans is if the only people you're talking or listening to are people who are um, on one side of the issue. Because I don't know how you could come to that conclusion, because if you actually listen to a, a wide array of opinions, you wouldn't come to the conclusion you came to. So, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm in a sense making that up. That's true. But there has to be some level of truth or at least some kind of a parallel situation going on, because it really doesn't make sense. My issue was with the position that you were taking that, again, everybody knows except this little bubble of Packer fans because that's not the reality, and I don't know how you could come to that conclusion. It's like you can't have this double standard of like, well, you can rip into the jet. Right. You know, you don't know the truth. But when I, don't. I sort of rip in and have some criticisms toward the Packers, then it's not, oh, well, you don't know. That. Then you have... Well, I, that would be my question. Do you know, or are you just talking in terms of hypotheticals. If you're saying you know, then I'm going to tell you no, you don't. If you're saying I don't really know, but but if this is true, then I think it's absurd and horrible and all that stuff, but we don't actually know, then fine. We can just have the conversation and we can talk about that particular hypothetical, and I'm probably going to agree with you because we're talking about a different hypothetical that probably highlights the Packers in a negative light. This double standard. It's like, come on, we... we there has to be a consistent standard. Either we both can do it, even though we don't know the truth, or none of us can do ripping in, since neither one of us. So there was that. And then what was funny is that what you were saying in ripping into the Jets is that they, they were saying, well, there's some risk involved in that. Oh, well, what happens if, you know, if this, the Stafford issue gets hurt? Or what happens if it's the Russell Wilson sort of situation? And, you know, you're, you're going, well, of course, there's always risk involved. You're risking into them for having a risk assessment, which is another point of hypocrisy because you're touting RGM when he doesn't make these deals to play up, to go for a playoff push. In terms of it being too risky, sending too many picks, sending a first-round pick, he's like, I'm... My, my issue isn't the risk assessment. My issue is acting as though this is a unique situation in terms of there being some kind of risk. In other words, so, so what I was saying, and again, this is hypothetical, 
But the point that I was making is to come into this and say, okay, here, here is the situation. Here is what we're willing to give up. Okay, that's fine. And then to say for the for the owner to start to pull back, this is what the rumor is. I don't know if this is true, but for him to start to pull back and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What if he retires? Which is silly because, again, he's been talking about retirement for a long time. Well, what if he gets injured? What if what? This, this is like, why is this just occurring to you? You know what I mean? That's why I, that's actually the exact reason why, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, that video that I posted that didn't get nearly as much traction as I was hoping. I paid for the stupid Twitter thing just to post that video and nobody actually liked it. But the entire point behind that video was this exact point because it seemed odd to me where all of a sudden he starts pulling back. Like, you know, and this is not new information, but suddenly the information is scaring him and he's pulling back. It just reminded me of that situation. So again, this is just playing on hypotheticals. I don't know the situation, but it seems odd to me that all of a sudden he pulls back because there's risk. I'm not saying that they can't do a risk assessment. What I'm saying is to all of a sudden act like, well, wait a minute, what if? Well, no kidding, what if? There's always been a what if. You think this is new? You know, and, and again, to say like, well, you know, we, we want some kind of a give back because what, listen, every single trade, there is a risk, Right. This, this is built into it. This is not a unique situation. This is not anything like that. This is not, well, you know, I, so I, I, I guess that was my larger point. Maybe I didn't communicate that properly. I'm not saying that nobody should be allowed to do a risk assessment. Everybody should do a risk assessment. But being surprised that there's risk all of a sudden and pulling back is kind of weird to me. Well, Addy doesn't sort of, but then you're ripping into the desk based off of that's what you want. So it's like it's that's a totally double standard. You can't, you don't have a leg to stand on to rip into the Jets while sort of placing that's what sort of good does in terms of uh, not doing those sort of risky deals of sending out a first round pick for some playoff, you know, push. And by the way, I, I again, this, this is about like in the middle of it, all of a sudden getting cold feet. But I'm the guy saying the Jets should not do this. Right, because of the risk assessment, I think it's stupid that any team would do this. They're going to give up like what two second round picks and pay sixty million dollars for one year of Aaron Rodgers. That's stupid, right? So I, I have no issue with with any of this. Like, oh, they should be giving us like seven first round picks for Aaron. Absolutely not. I'm not that dude. That's some people are doing that. I'm not that guy. I don't think he's worth anywhere near that. And I'm not just talking about his play. I mean, the the play last year was obviously concerning. Uh, his desire to actually play football is concerning. The fact that he may not come back next year is concerning. The $60 million is concerning. I mean, there's there's a lot of issues here that are concerning. So yeah, as far as risk assessment, I don't think they should even do it. They should have never come to the table. But for them to come to the table and be all gung-ho and excited and he's coming here and all this stuff, and then in the middle of it for the owner to get like spooked because of information that everybody else was already aware of, that's kind of the issue that I'm talking about. So... I don't, I don't know if that makes more sense, but that was where I was coming from with that. So it's uh, about done. Uh, I'll call back because I think I have another point. All, All right. right. Here we go. Next up. Hey, Chief Ballin here. Uh, yeah, just finishing the last point. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, if you're going to allow RGM... By the way, I'm excited about what's coming up because I have no idea how this is even possible, but the Google Translate... He says something, and there are one, two, three, four, five, like seven question marks. So he must have really hammered this question. I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how that came to be. Um, uh, you know, 
credit for him sort of staying, you know, on, you know, on point to make sure he doesn't, you know, uh, you know, go, you know, acquiesce to other teams, you know, um, you know, asks in terms of getting trade, you know, getting uh, playoff push help in terms of well, might be too risky. We're not going to give too many picks, you know, high picks for that. If you're praising that, then you also have to say, you know what, I can't, I can't really criticize them because they're doing a risk assessment too. Yeah. No, well, what if that is what's best for them in terms yeah. of, hey, if we're going to give those... No, I, I agree. They should do a risk assessment and maybe... Here, here's the thing. It is best for them. What was best for them was to get Derek Carr, and that went out the door. Right? I, I honestly don't know what's best for them at this point considering how much work they've done and the fact that they've isolated themselves down to having not having a quarterback at all. I don't actually know what the best thing is, but this, this Rodgers thing is stupid. It always has been. So... Yeah, I'm. I am in agreement. They should absolutely do a. They they should have done a risk assessment a long time ago. Um, I'm I'm fully in favor of that. Trump, hey, that guy could spend the next twenty years. You've made that point for trying to negate Goot maybe sending a first round pick for playoff help, right? So you can't can't have this double standard just because you want something. Now you gotta be consistent. You gotta be fair. I understand it's frustrating, and if if, if the owner if the if they were going to just ask we have to give Packers a, a total uh, first one without any conditions. And if the owner did come in and sort of kind of negate that, yeah, I think that is totally criticizing what the Jets sort of own it. Um, but then also when our own guy on the, the Wilding uh, Tausch um, talk show brought in, hey, it's kind of a, 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 a negative, us not having an owner, you tried to like twist and say, "Oh well, I hate this uh, talking point about us, you know, not having owner in the backwoods." And it's like you gotta admit that sometimes it is a con. You can it's the completely reasonable point to say, "Hey, I still like having not having an you know an owner, but I know there's cons to it." Like you have to admit that there's cons. You can't just well, I'm 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 open to it. I don't know what a single con would be. And again, go talk to Jets fans and ask them, like, what is the good thing about Woody Johnson? See if you can get an answer, because I don't know what it would be. Um, I mean, I you know, I, I know there's a lot of people that want it. And, and here's the thing. I, I think, and, and this is just a difference of, of philosophy, and, may, and I'm, there's probably something you can come up with that I would acknowledge, okay, that would be kind of cool. My, my biggest issue is I don't think a lot of these owners are real good football people. They're business people. I want football people making football decisions, and I don't want a guy that's going to pull the lever and say, you know what, I don't care, we're doing this. But I think a lot of fans do. A lot of fans, for example, and I think you would be one of them, wants an owner to say, you know what, Goot, you freaking idiot, I don't care, we're going to get OBJ. And he goes out and he gets on his jet and he, he gets goes to his house and he's like, you know what, tell me what you want, we're doing it. right? Just overriding the GM. I don't want that. I just don't. So, I mean, if you want that, if you think that's a good thing to have a guy say, I don't care, we're doing this, then you would want an owner. I don't. I like the fact that there is an entire massive staff of football people that come together to, to come to football conclusions based on decades of, of understanding how football is done and having a proper process. And to have a guy just completely freaking grenade that because I don't care, I want it, I don't know. Uh, now, okay, how about this? The handshaking, that may be a good thing to, to, to you know, be a, a billionaire amongst billionaires and we, we get together in the offseason and we go out and do all kinds of illegal activities together and whatever else, and we're sipping brandy and we're talking about football or whatever. There, there may be some 
kind of thing like that. But but I just, I, I you know, again, you, what would be the specific scenario? Like, um, we're trying to acquire a free agent, and the owner's like, nah, you aren't at the cocktail party, we're not going to send them to you, even though you're offering more money or, or more compensation. I, you know what I mean? Like, when, when, when the rubber hits the road, I can't really feel out a scenario in which that would actually happen. Maybe. May, I mean, who knows? Could be a billion reasons why an owner might make a, a decision. And that's kind of the problem. We're talking about irrational decisions based on non-football things because they're non-football people. But um, I just don't want that. And and if our football people aren't good enough, if Gutekunst and the staff just are trash, then we need new football people. But I just don't want an owner that's in there that's going to just pull the lever and say, I don't care, I'm doing this. But that's me. If you disagree, that's fine. And I understand the frustration of things just aren't getting done. We move too slowly because of this whole process thing, and I want somebody to just pull the lever. Um, but that's just a difference of philosophy, I think, between you and I and a lot of the the fan base. Say, well, I don't like people talking down like that. Well, we have to grow a pair. We have to understand, yeah, there's going to be outside noise. It's got nothing to do with grow a pair. It's just a matter of people are saying stupid things. You know what I mean? I mean, if if you have a ridiculous opinion based on stupidity, I'm going to say that. It's not that I don't have a pair between my legs. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't even make sense. What are you talking about? Uh, again, I'm, try- I'm trying to just, like, let you flesh it out and have a good conversation, but don't say stupid crap. But still recognize there is some count, some cons to it. There is some downside. Well, say one. We can be reasonable about things. People can say, you know, I like a thing, but there's still downside to it. So, say one. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I haven't totally made the sort of assessment on what's the better route, but um, yeah, it, as long as you're being reasonable, I think it's totally fine to go either way. It's just the, the reasonable part. Admitting, yes, there's pros and cons for both. So, yeah, um, I'm going to maybe do one more phone call. I can, uh, I, I think, help out where there's, it seems like we're talking over each other, not really getting to some of the main points about um, trade deadline stuff that you kind of aren't sort of seeing. So I'm going to try to make that point. All right. Yeah, and, and again, we are kind of, I think we just see things differently. And it would be good if we could kind of at least come to an understanding of where the other person is at. And I'm, I'm not seeing, like, for example, when you're talking about the owner thing, rather than going into grow a pair, just be like, here are the list of reasons that I, I prefer to have an owner. And we can agree to disagree, or maybe you could change my mind, or I could change yours or whatever. But, you know, give me specifics in terms of... And, and that's the other thing, like I've been saying for a while, and I know you called in since I've said this, so you can't go back and edit your calls or whatever, but... I would prefer if you would tell me more about what it is you believe. And you can do whatever you want. I mean, again, the, the phone number's there. I'm not going to delete your calls or skip your calls or whatever. It's, it's your forum. But we're not gaining a lot of ground if the calls are just, here's why you're an idiot. You know what I mean? And then I defend myself and be like, well, here's what I meant to say or whatever. It would be cool if it was more like, you said this, here's my perspective. That would be my thought on that. All right, I'm already running really late, so why don't we take a little bit of an early break here. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Get yourself a t-shirt. Check out FertileGroundRanch.org at FertileGroundRanch.org. <laughs> I'm an idiot. It's fine. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, she's balling here. She's balling. Um, so it, when talking about what I w- sort of had frustrations about in 2001, it, it, it seems like there's stuff you're not understanding because you, you keep sort of asserting things I've never asserted. You, you kind of, I don't think you're, intention, you're intentionally trying to be, you know, being bad faith or disingenuous. I just think that you're just not understanding. So it's making you sort of assert things I've never said or put words in my mouth. So to help clarify in terms of when I'm talking about that 2021 and, and sort of trade deadline deals, you can assess the GM based off of many different sort of uh, sectors, right? You, right. you have the uh, sort of draft picks assessment. You have the uh, assessing them on their bringing in coaches. You could grade them on that. You can grade them on um, sort of in-season, sort of injury kind of things where they go to the waiver wire and pick up players. Um, and off-season acquisitions, that's another grade. But there's also this you know, aspect in terms of teams do in-season trade ascending picks for playoff um, push specifically, not largely due to injuries, mainly because there was a, you know, a hole. Sometimes it's, it lines up both being because right. of somebody got injured. And so now it's a hole. So now they're getting, uh, sending picks for it. But what I'm largely talking about is just nothing really doing with an injury in terms of what 31 other teams do in terms of doing the Whitney Merch list. That's a, that's a, uh, a thing that 31 other teams do. Within the season, no matter if they're in a playoff push, the old Beckham, I understand, seems similar because we didn't send picks to get or to to get Odell. Right, that was more of it was a perfect situation. He was sort of in that time period, kind of coming off of some sort of injury or something, and he was not on the team. But that was strictly being done for a playoff push, not in the uh, Whitney Merciless kind of thing. So I think that's why you're kind of seeing those as similar. They're not. And so um, you can assess a GM based off of um, a, a smaller section in terms of what's their grading on acquiring help for a playoff push. 
I'm not saying that because they, uh, you know, Gook should have done it, you put words in my mouth and saying they're not good enough. You, you directly said you're saying they're not good enough. That's not an whole other thing. Gotta stop asserting things I never have said. It's a sweetener. It, 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 it sweetens things for which you are. So I recognize they were a, um, good enough to win. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be able to sort of say, hey, this is part of a responsibility you got to sometimes see to put sweeteners on this type of season, put a bow on Yep. Three minutes got them there. Um, no, I look, I, I fair enough. Um, I, I, I understand that in terms of you have that option. And, and as you've even already brought up, they did try to get OBJ. So they understand it. They tried and, and didn't get it because he wanted to go to L.A. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to, and maybe I'm, I'm taking it where it doesn't need to go. I'm, I'm trying to get this to the point where I understand our point of contention, which is, you know, he didn't do something. Um, and again, I, Gutekunst is far from flawless. So it's entirely possible that there was something that could have been done. But I don't know what that thing is. I don't know that he didn't try to do it. I don't know the reason it didn't get done. I don't know that it would have actually got us over the hump. And again, this all comes back to the point where we're, we're, talk, we're, we're kind of really hammering what, in my opinion, feels like you know, 1% of 100%. You know what I mean? Like, there's all these factors. And and it's you've got the coaching staff and the preparation and the locker room and the actual play on the field and all these different things. And we're really just trying to hammer this one thing. So, I mean, look, if, if you're just trying to get me to admit that Gutekunst has some culpability, that's fine, and I will do that. Um, in terms of acknowledging that absolutely there's something along the way, probably 50 different things along the way that could have been done differently that would have made the team better. There's no question about it. But again, and and the point that I had made yesterday, whatever, recently, which would have been after you made these calls, is when I'm looking at it and I'm saying, where is my frustration point? It isn't Gutekunst for me. Because even though I can look at it and say, yeah, the, the drafting could have been better, but I don't think it's it's to a point where um, what he did was below my expectations, or at least so far significantly below that I'm starting to blame him. Because again, my, remember, my mentality is the draft is kind of a crapshoot. So most GMs are going to fluctuate. Good drafts, bad drafts, and all this stuff. But when you start to see a pattern, consistently bad drafting, bad trade decisions, all that, now something's wrong. Now you're just really bad at this. Um, and again, you look at the free agent acquisitions, of course there's misses. There's really bad acquisitions. And there's certainly guys that get picked up by other teams that end up being really good that we could have acquired. But I, I you know, again, what is the standard of what do I expect? In, for what I expect, I think he hits it. For you, that's obviously not the case. At least insofar as, again, this one aspect of, I think he could do a better job of acquiring people later on to help get us over the hump. Maybe. I don't know. I, I you know, again, I'm, I'm thinking back, like, who were the people? Remove OBJ. Who was the guy? I don't know. I don't know who that guy was. And because I don't know who the guy was, I definitely can't tell you what I think they would have done for us. And again, like I said, all this to me is just a wild distraction because I can directly look at Matt LaFleur. I can directly look at Aaron Rodgers. I can directly look at Devontae and Aaron Jones and, and Billy Turner. And I can look them straight in the face and clearly say, 
you absolutely are a big part of the problem for why we didn't get to that next level. So if you want to lump good, of course, the entire organization and everybody from Mark Murphy to the freaking water boy have some level of culpability, probably not the water boy, but you get what I'm saying. So, I mean, if, if that's really what you're trying to get me to, because it sounds like I just refuse to ever, you know, lump him in, then I have sorely uh, given off the wrong impression. That is not my intention. Although it sounds like that, because again, I get defensive, but all I'm doing is like arguing against this other point of view, right? I, I rail against a position that I think is way too far in another direction. So it sounds like I'm just all in this direction, but I'm not always that way. It's the same with like Aaron Rodgers, like I've said a bunch of times. Sometimes I'm like a big Rodgers defender and people get all mad. And then, you know, lately I've been much more of an anti-Rodgers sounding person because it's just kind of where I fall on the specific issue that we're in right now. So again, I, I feel like we're kind of coming to an understanding insofar as I, I guess the only remaining question is how big of a factor do you see that in comparison to all the other factors? When you look directly at all the players that we had that by your own admission were good, not all of them, but you know, you said that they were a good team and good enough to win, and then suddenly weren't when we got into the playoffs. When you factor in Gudekunst not going and getting on I again, I don't I couldn't tell you a single name. Pick a player, how much of a factor does that play into everything compared to everything else, right? Because again, you can say, well, any little bit might have got us over the hump. That's true, but there was a lot of little bits. So where does his little bit compare to the rest of the little bits? For me, it's small. Maybe for you, it's large. Maybe it's not. I don't know. And you're just trying to get me to admit that it's at least a piece, in which case we are in agreement. Hey, geez, ball man. Just finish up the point. So um, the, uh, what I was getting to when I was, when I'm assessing the trade deadline deals, I'm not, I'm not talking about all of the free agency, and I think that's what you're getting confused. You're thinking I'm like talking about all in and every aspect of free agency, this, da, 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 da. No, I'm breaking it down into a, a more smaller little section so we can grade them. Cause I'm, I, I, I don't have huge issues in terms of free agency in terms of before the season starts. I think it's, it's done fine. I'm talking about like this specific kind of, section where we can grade all GMs. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> I think the 2021 season is, is, is really egregious in terms of when it comes to the group for not saying we didn't, couldn't have won. I'm saying that as a GM, you don't, you can't know what's going to happen in the future, right? And you can't just say, well, we're, you know, we do, we did, we're doing really good. So therefore, you know, we're, we're all right. We had a hole. San Francisco, we barely edged by, right? And they're one of the top contenders. And so it's not like we're this way above better team than all of our, you know, in terms of the, the competition to go to the Super Bowl. It's very small margins when we're talking about playoff wins and losses, especially when we're not leaps and bounds better than San Francisco. And Robert Tommy got hurt. We had our three and four being um, Randall Cobb and MVS, and you can't just – you know, say, oh, well, MVS is a positive, but then shit on in Kansas City. Like, yeah, it's, it's, he's an up and down kind of player. It's fine. Um, but it's clear we had a hole, you know? Like, it's not like Alan Lazard was like this dominant number two. He had like five, six hundred yards. And if he was. Just so I don't get too behind and forget all the points. Um, as far as MVS, and you kind of brought it up, the. And with Lazard, I guess the large. I never said that they were great. 
the the problem is a lot of people have made it seem as though they are inept like number fours or number threes or whatever and the the point that i brought up is no we, we we had a number one a number two and a number three that's what we had not high end not low end whatever um and then as far as you know crapping on him in kansas city well yeah because he's not a super elite football it's all about context right if we're talking about going out and making major acquisitions he ain't that guy if we're but there's a big difference between him being a major free agent acquisition and him not even being a number three player and then there's also the additional issue that i had brought up about him getting like a hundred and however many yards in a touchdown that's not a, a comment on how good he is as a player overall it's a comment on that specific situation in which we're saying, well, he needed more help with a number two wide receiver. Well, we had it. Maybe not throughout the entire season, maybe not forever, but in that situation, we did have it. Um, so again, it kind of depends on the specific context of what it is that we're talking about. And again, and I don't know where you're going with this or whatever, but again, the problem is I don't have any specifics. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't remember how much cap space we had. I don't know what was available. What were we supposed to do who was it? What are we talking about? I don't know the answer. So, you know, if you had an example of here was a guy that was available that we could have got and should have got or whatever, then we could possibly look at that. But I don't know what to do with the information as it is right now other than, well, you know, we, we lost and he didn't do anything, which is a problem. Well, I don't know that it is. Because I don't know who is even... It's kind of like when we talk about free agency now. A lot of fans will just bring up like, well, we should do something. Do what? Have you looked at it? We need to go get a wide receiver. Go get who? Have you looked at it? Usually the answer is no. Um, and then again, the, the further issue of how egregious it is with Gutekunst, and, and it, you know, again, it's... Sounds like a defense, and it sounds like I'm saying, well, we shouldn't go get a wide... That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. We don't know the situation. Has he tried to get a wide receiver? If not, why not? What are the situations? What... Nobody wants to do that. It's just, I wish we had it. We don't have it. Therefore, screw this guy. Right? That's not doing it for me. So, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I still need some kind of specific... I don't know what we're talking about. We didn't win the game. I mean, the San Francisco game, um, depending on which one we're talking about, that was a freaking abomination. And nothing on planet Earth was going to save us from that absolute beating. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what players were referring to that were sitting there that we should have went and got. But if you have a list, then you could bring that up. A better ass, uh, asset. Rodgers would, of course, look more his way. He's fine to spread the ball around. Look what he did with uh, Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson and all these guys. Like, he's spread the ball around if the guys are talented. So I saw a clear hole, and for you to act like, oh, that wasn't a hole, it's just, that is mind-boggling. It's not to say we couldn't have won with those guys, but it was... Well, uh, again, you're going to have to come up with a name of a guy that would... So... Several things. Who's the guy, number one? They have to be better than Lazard and MVS, but not just better. To pretend like Matt LaFleur is going to bench or lower these guys and put this person as the number two and Aaron Rodgers is going to go to him, saying that he spreads the ball around to guys that were his 
go-to guys. And by the way, he didn't even throw to Randall that much, which is shocking. But they're, they're not going to be Jordy Nelson, right? This is a person that Rodgers is not familiar with. And this is a person who's not familiar with the offensive system. So it's not going to go very well. They're not just going to come in off the street and dominate. And that's, again, assuming that they're even going to be on the field because Matt LaFleur is going to plug them in rather than MVS and, and Lazard, who know the system, and trust that that Rodgers is going to want to go a guy's way who doesn't know what he's doing out on the field. So, um, and again, I, I, I we, the, the word whole could mean a lot of different things. I've, I've mentioned several times that the roster is not perfect, but that's the case for every single team. The wide receiver group was not perfect, but it was sufficient. It was more than enough. It was the reason they were the number one offense in football, right? It's good enough. So clearly a hole. You can have a hole and still be good enough to win. Gooch just trying. His, didn't mean to click it, but I slammed my hand down. So I guess I guess my point was over. Job is to say, okay, let's. Try to put the best forward foot in terms of helping us push us over the edge because it's like we just haven't sort of gotten there. And I think, and also what's egregious is that we didn't know how many more years of Rogers we're going to have left in terms of how good he is, and we're like a top. Um, usually, we're usually not better than someone like San Francisco. So all the things lining up, and it's like why care about future picks when? We don't know if we're going to get there again like we are this year. You can't just take for granted those shots, and so that's what I'm being critical about. And I'm not really critical. Got cut off again. Um, again, we would, we would just need some spe- like one very specific thing. But even then, it's going to be hard because if we're talking about a trade, for example, prior to the trade deadline, was this person available? Did the Packers try to call? What were they asking for in terms of compensation? Then we have to talk about how good would they have even had a lot of time on the field? How good would they have been on the field? Would Rodgers have even looked his way on the field? Would it have made that big of a difference on the field? Again, we, we, we can talk about it, but I just, you know, and, and why wide receiver? That's the other thing. Why are we so obsessed with wide receiver? What about edge rusher? What about offensive line help? Offensive line was a significantly bigger issue than wide receiver. This obsession with wide receiver is really weird to me. And again, it, 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 it causes me to think that the conversation we're having is not a very I'm trying to think of the best way to say it, but well, I'm, I'm going to say it the only way I can think. It's going to sound kind of douchey, but it, it sounds very casual, fanny, right? Like we're not even having conversation. You want to talk about holes? We're not even talking about the biggest holes. We're just talking about what all the fans want, the casual fans want, and that's more wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers. Why are we talking about wide receiver? You watched Kevin King. And you think wide receiver was the biggest issue? You watch Billy Turner with David Bakhtiari going down, and you think wide receiver is the biggest issue? But, okay, we'll talk about wide receiver, I guess. Who's the wide receiver we should have got? I don't know. I don't remember. But you can let me know. Hey, Chief Bum. I'll try to make this the last one. So, it's um, not. <laughs> so that, that's what, like, I'm only talking about 2021 as, like, a, you know, he's got, like, I can... You know, praise good if you want to understand. I'm not some like person trying to hate that. Like you didn't get all these other, you know, you know, players to help us before the season. All that. I'm only talking about this one small aspect that I think is equally egregious, specifically in 2021. And then you've asserted like you just want us to spend, spend, spend. Again, you put words in my mouth. Again, I never said that. 
I was just saying, I think what's smart for every GM is to have like to have a philosophy. You don't limit yourself. You good GMs say, "Hey, we're not going to just go all you know balls to the wall every off season to 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 you know give all of these expensive contracts." A good GM is selective. You know, he he chooses certain seasons to say, "We're going to get more in this season. Um, we're going to go um, you know some more cheaper in this one because we don't oh you kind of force you in some seasons." You're selective, right? And so a GM then applied to the selective thing in terms of trade deadline is you're selective. But the common denominator is 2019, 2020, 2021. Common factor, GM, Brian Gutenberg, gets no deal done in terms of the trade deadline. I'm talking about the, you know, in-season. But again, this is where, like... The problem is you're narrowing it down to such an insignificant thing, right? When you factor in the massive amount of, first of all, the team as it is, the 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 53 guys that are on the roster as it is, that's the football team. And and we we're, we've talked about the draft and how impactful that is, and free agency and how impactful that is, but we're we're supposed to just set that aside. And then look at like this one thing, and then then call it egregious. I just I, again, even even if we can get to the point where you can get me to see like, oh yeah, he definitely should have done that. It's not going to move the needle. It's just not because it, it's so unbelievably insignificant. But yeah, I, I again call in, let me know who the players were that he should have got that he didn't try to get or did try to get and failed, or, or whatever the situation is, and, and we can try to work through that situation, I guess. But I'm just telling you right now, there's almost no chance that it's really going to get to move the needle, because it's just, we're really getting to a small and insignificant, in my opinion, portion of all this. Transactions that every 31 of those teams do. But, but Kansas City Chiefs got... Um, uh, with some sort of San Diego, uh, Evan Ingram got him for like a sixth round pick one off season for a playoff push, right? Uh, then they got Kadarius Tony like a couple years. Like, yeah, these, like when I'm saying terrible. all these teams, I'm not saying every single team. I'm saying the all like a bunch of these teams are getting some deals done. You know, not very high risk, but they're going to be uh, low reward. Right, so it's like there's these huge deals you could do, and then there's these smaller ones in terms of building room. It's now shock. He's consistently not doing anything. That tells you that he just doesn't like giving up picks. And I would say you can have a, a philosophy where you just don't like giving picks, and you're very narrow-minded in how you're gonna do a deal where it's gotta be the most perfect. But the Kansas City Chiefs, I applaud them because they're doing some of these things. And it's a completely stupid idea to say, well, if it doesn't get them a win, then that's stupid and dumb. No, because there's only one team that wins the Super Bowl, and you could have seven teams that do deals in terms of the trade deadline. Of course they're not. That, that's just mathematics. So it's dumb to bring that point up. You should base it off of, is it reasonable? Just like you're saying with Goo, hey, I don't think this contract for Rodgers is good. Do I bring up well when you... I mean, it, it's it's not dumb because if we're drawing a parallel line between getting deals done and that meaning something, and again, and and you're doing 
basically the exact same thing on the opposite coin. You're finding the team that won the Super Bowl and then finding some insignificant pickup and saying that that makes it... I mean, if, if you're going to tell me that it is egregious and that I should dislike Brian Gutekunst and what he's done because we didn't get Kadarius freaking Tony. Okay, and I looked it up. Evan Ingram, I don't think, ever went to the Chiefs, so I don't know who you were referring to, but I don't think it was Evan Ingram. Who was the pass rusher, Ingram? I think he was with the Chargers. Melvin Ingram? Is that who it is? Let me look. Yeah, Melvin Ingram was with Kansas City. Uh, he was with Pittsburgh for six weeks, and then Kansas City starting in week nine. But again, like, what, what is the point? Because the Packers have done that, right? They have picked guys up. So what is the difference between the Packers getting guys, like, you know, the caller had called in and mentioned Snack, Snacks Harrison. So what would be the difference between Snacks Harrison and Melvin Ingram? Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl that year, right? 2021, they got Melvin Ingram. They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, look, look here's the reason why it's not a productive conversation. The, the, the GM has an obligation. All the GMs have an obligation to do the best they can to put together the best possible football team. And if they find a player that they think can come in and help, like the Chiefs with Melvin Ingram or the Packers with uh, Whitney Merciless and Snacks Harrison or whoever, then you do that. The Packers have done that in some instances and haven't done that in other instances. And again, you're chastising me because I, I mentioned how lots of teams do this and don't win a Super Bowl. But the Packers are one of the teams that do this and don't win a Super Bowl. They just don't do it in the way that you want, or they don't do it enough, or like what... Again, this is the problem with not bringing up any specifics, right? Well, that doesn't count because that was injuries. Okay, what about the times it's not injuries? And then you bring up guys that are just not even that good. I I don't, you know, I don't really know what, what to do with the conversation at this point. Why bother bringing up Melvin Ingram if it didn't actually help them to win a Super Bowl? You know, and, and Kadarius Tony had five yards and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He had one target. He had 14 yards in, in the, the two games. He had nine yards on one reception. So he had two receptions for 14 yards and a touchdown. And, and, and the week before that, he had 36 yards. So he barely cracked 50 yards in three games in the playoffs. So why are we bringing this up other than to just try to drive home a point, some kind of a point that, again, you're drawing a parallel between signing these guys and winning a Super Bowl. And if you're not doing that, then why are you bringing it up? And if you are doing that, then I do have every right to criticize the fact that you can't just draw a line directly between signing these guys and winning a Super Bowl. Again, I, I just you're, you're just bringing up individual points without really telling me what it is that you think needs to happen. You can't say the Packers just need to sign guys because they do. So what specifically is it that you want to happen? Well, they, you know, they, they could have done things but didn't. Every team... Could have done something. I, I, I promise you. The Kansas City Chiefs had opportunities to add other guys, as did the Philadelphia Eagles. Every single team could do that. So, again, what specifically are we talking about here? Because right now it's just like generalities. You know, he has an obligation to make the team better. All right, fair enough. I think that he understands that that's his job, and he does that. Well, he could have done something. and did. Well, okay. I mean, you're saying it, but I don't know. What, what else to, I don't know what else to add to that because I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any specifics. And then you bring up random guys that other people have signed. Great. I can bring up random guys the Packers have signed or random guys other teams have signed and lost. Like what, why are we just randomly naming random people? I don't, I don't know what we're accomplishing here. All right. Sorry. Excuse me all again. Last one for sure. No. Nope. So, it's not. you know, 
bring up the whole bringing 31 other teams, you're, I think you're getting frustrated and you're using some sort of, um, sort of rubric that is being kind of disingenuous and kind of pathetic. No, it's, it's demonstrating that you cannot just say that it has some kind of a correlation because you're specifically picking teams that won Super Bowls and then showing me who they signed drawing a direct line saying that that had something to do with it and i'm saying every all 32 teams are doing it so every single year a super bowl champion signs some random person at some point during the season and you're trying to draw a correlation and i'm showing you that that's not the case that has nothing to do with it that's completely disingenuous to do that but again you're not demonstrating anything to me other than saying I'm being disingenuous. Well, okay, tell me what the heck you're talking about. Because you're getting frustrated with people. And it's like you have to be able to deal with people on an individual basis, not bring in baggage about, well, all these other people, and then you bring that into the conversation. It's disingenuous. I can't defend what other people are saying. Right, you can't defend that. You can't. So you have to say something. You can't just demonstrate this team won a Super Bowl and they signed somebody there for because then the reason you can't is because I can easily say this team also, all other 31 teams did it, and they didn't win. So, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. You have to demonstrate that that had something to do with the winning. Otherwise, we get to the point where it's like, well, Hitler wore a brown shirt, so if you wear a brown shirt, you're a Nazi. You're, you have to tie together the correlation. Otherwise, you're just bringing up random bits of information. I'm not them. I'm not. I'm, I'm just... Me, I'm just speaking for my specific points. So I think sometimes you bring in too much uh, sort of baggage. So, and it, you use this sort of rule, you know, rubric where it's you, you got to use it selectively because if you you're using it too disingenuously, because as I brought up, you want to make a criticism for Google. Well, I can basically use your own logic against you and say, well, let's bring up 31 who have they not done it? So I don't think you can criticize Google because of that. I don't think you're being a good hack. I just think that you get frustrated because of other what other people say. And it's like you you got to deal with people on an individual basis. You have to no, I'm I'm talking about you and and constantly bringing up guys like Kadarius Tony, and I don't know why. What does that have to do with anything? Does it have to do with them? Did that did that get them the Super Bowl win? Or you know, you, this is this is the point. I, I need you to get to some kind of a point in terms of this is specifically what you need to do. This is specifically what Gutekunst needed to do. Otherwise, you bring up these generalities. I go into it and you're like, well, that's not what I was talking about. That's not. Then freaking tell me what the heck you're talking about. Because you're just dancing around and just saying the same stuff over and over again. I've heard you say it now 10 different times. You got to get to a point here. Because I, I don't know what to. You, you got to get to some specifics. You just keep randomly bringing up Kadarius Tony, like that's supposed to mean something. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. Why are you bringing up Kadarius Tony? Well, because the Chiefs did it. So what? So what? What else did the Chiefs do? Well, the Chiefs ate barbecue that night. Is that is that why they won the Super Bowl? Like what? Why are you bothering to bring that up? Because here, here here's here's let me be very specific about what I'm talking about. You are. Doing two separate things. You're claiming the Packers need to do something. And then you're telling me another team did it. And that's it. Those are the only two things you're doing. 
you haven't demonstrated why the pack what first of all what the packers have done wrong other than the generalities and you haven't demonstrated why what they haven't done as bad or what they could have done would have been good and anytime i try to fill in the blanks for you because you don't fill in the blanks you get upset and say i'm putting words in your mouth because i'm just trying to push you to some kind of a conclusion and you're like well that's not the conclusion i came to well we have to come to some kind of a conclusion here well, I'm not saying Kadarius won him a Super Bowl. You're putting words in my mouth. Well, then you have to tell me what you're saying, because I don't know what you're saying at this point. It sounds to me like you're not saying anything other than, again, just being very vague in general. He should have done something in this specific time period. Okay, great. I mean, I, I, it's to the point now it doesn't even matter, because, again, it's such a small freaking thing. In the grand scheme of the, the, the talent level of the team, whatever player they would have acquired would have been such an insignificant factor similar to Kadarius Tony that it doesn't even matter I'm almost ready to just concede the point to you because it's so, even if you could finally get to it it would be so insignificant but I'm trying to push you to a conclusion and every time I do that you're like well you're overstepping I'm just trying to wrap this thing up man I need specifics and and again you have a lot of ground to cover to get there here is the specific player that should have been traded for and signed here is what Gutekunst did or didn't do. Here is the reason it did or didn't get done. Here is what would have happened if we would have signed that player, right? I mean, th there's so many things that you can't answer. It's an impossible task, but it's what you're going to be required to do if we're actually going to make any ground here. Otherwise, we're just completely waiting. He didn't do something that I wanted, and what I wanted for, was for him to improve the wide receiver group. Okay, wh wh what is he supposed to do? Manufacture somebody out of thin air? I need a name. If you want to say Kadarius Tony, just say Kadarius Tony so I can chuckle and we can move on. But say something. Give me a name. Hey, well, is this a reasonable, was this a reasonable, very specific critique at the time, right? And I'm giving you the, the point in terms of us having a whole Tay needed help. He couldn't, what if uh, they try to take away Tay, you know, where he's most of our aerial attack? We lost Robert Tanyan. There was just too much banking on. Uh, you know, Rogers and Tay, sure, you have Lazard, he's fine, but you, you want to be able to help more. That's too Who much. Who should they have gotten? No, Lazard was just not a dominant number two. He's a fine number two, but not a mm -hmm. dominant number two. So, just, it, so who's the dominant number two that we could have signed at, at the trade deadline or, or traded for? Because I don't know who that person is. And came in and just, boom, understands Matt LaFleur's system and gets thrust into that number two role, understands all Rodgers' hand signals and all that good stuff, checks at the line, and, um, you know, Rodgers trusts him implicitly and throws it to him, and we're just doing great. Who is that guy? That's what I'm asking you. It was clear, based off of what I'm using in terms of assessing things, I'm trying to be logical, I'm trying to show that there was this hole. No, I, I get the point. I need specifics now. Right, you've made a, 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 a vague general point, and we understand exactly what it is you're saying should have happened. But we need specifics. Because, I, I, I mean, otherwise this is a useless conversation. And um, you can't just say, well, let's bring them through, because that shows how I can use your own logic against you. You should say, well, is, was this reasonable at the time? Was there a hole... You know, and just be fair to that. If, you know, there were multiple holes. There were multiple holes in 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, and, and not just on the Packers, on all 32 teams. So, okay, I answered that question. What's the next question? You 
don't like to spend. That's your philosophy in terms of getting draft picks for a playoff push. But there's teams that and 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 again, okay. So so this mythical number two dominant wide receiver comes to the Green Bay Packers and everything's fantastic. What are we going to do about the offensive line? There's a hole there. What are we going to do about it? Are we just laser focused, obsessed about wide receiver? Like you know, we're going to do the whole casual fan thing. What about tight end? Are we going to address it? How many different holes are we going to address? How many holes can we address? How many holes did he try to address? How many holes do we need to address until the team is actually sufficient that we can call the GM a good GM? Because he could have got a wide receiver, and it probably wouldn't have worked out, but let's just pretend it did. Again, the offensive line was a much bigger problem, with Aaron Rodgers being not very well protected. So then we go on losing, and what, what is your critique? Your critique is Brian Gutekunst didn't do enough because he didn't address the hole at offensive line. And then he didn't address the hole at corner. And he didn't address the hole at tight end. So, again, you can try to give specifics, but I think my official position is every team is going to have some deficiencies. This team was good enough to win. Effing suck it up and do your job. And our guys didn't. Our superstars didn't show up. Our superstars played like garbage. And I'm not going to sit here and nitpick because freaking Kadarius Tony wasn't brought on our team. Are, are doing it where it's not super risky. It's not their center. Like, you can get Melvin Ingram for, you know, a, a six-round pick. Kadarius Tony for... Why did they get him for a six-round pick if he's an elite football player? Why? Why did nobody, not a single team, offer a fifth-round pick? Why didn't the team that had him just keep him? We have to acknowledge that when you talk about they got him for a six-round pick, it's because that's what his value is, right? And again, they didn't win the Super Bowl, so it didn't really pan out, did it? Was that a third-round pick of six? Like, it's not like you have to give up a first, so <clears throat> that's what I'm using you know, as a, a criteria to be able to create. And, and here would be, a, I mean, just, just be honest. If the Packers would have gotten Melvin Ingram and lost, would you have been satisfied and said, hey, Gutekunst did as good as he could have done? He went out and got Melvin Ingram for a six-round pick. Honestly. Or would you still be upset about the wide receiver situation? I, I, I have a very strong suspicion that a lot of people who don't like Gutekunst would not suddenly be Gutekunst fans because we got Melvin Ingram for a six-round pick and then lost in the playoffs. That's just a hunch of mine. But completely honest, if he did that, would you be giving him credit the same way you're giving the Kansas City Chiefs credit? Or would you be saying that there's still deficiencies he didn't address and that was ridiculous, we needed wide receiver help? Again, I have a pretty strong suspicion where that would fall, but I'll allow you to answer that. Take that. Um, so... And again, I'm not even saying he has to do it every year. I think where should you you should mostly use picks, um, higher picks are the ones where it's like the window is very short. Um, Got him again. All right, here's the last one. Hey, sorry, I uh, went over. I didn't know here exactly where I got cut off. So my bad on that. Um, uh, so what what I was generally trying to make because I'm not sure is that. Um, yeah, I, I think you should be able to just deal with an individual case 
bring in the whole 31 other GMs or 31 other QBs aspect to, if you're making a specific critique about whoever, a quarterback, Rodgers, or whatever, is that you have to be able to say, is this, you know, a specific, you know, reasonable critique at that time, right? For instance, a Monday morning quarterbacking thing that I thought was really dumb City Packers fans thinking is they were taking shots when Bastiari got hurt and making criticisms towards like dude. It's like that's completely dumb. There's no way he could have known that. That's what I think is kind of dumb. Um, but um, and I think to levy the well, we need to look at 31 other teams. Um, you should only be making that criticisms if people are not wanting to give good credit for other things that he's done, or if they're saying, oh, Goot had one... No, I'm going to bring up the 31 other teams because I'm trying to isolate, again, what it is you're trying to get at. And so whatever it is you say, I'm going to apply that to the league. All 32 teams. And so, again, it's it's a matter of we need to be able to isolate. Like, you're saying this is the right thing to do. And I'm not even necessarily disagreeing, but... When you say that, we then have to look out and see when we apply that to all 32 teams, what does it look like? And no matter what, you're going to see... Now, what, what, what is possible is that you see that there is a trend in which it is more successful teams do this and less successful teams don't. Like, you can see this as far as NFL and def- offenses and defenses, right? You can find that teams that win... There, there is a stronger correlation with certain styles of offenses, certain styles of defenses, and then you can draw a conclusion that, hey, maybe we should move in this direction, right? Clayton talks about that stuff a lot. Like, th- this is where the NFL is going. This is what we should be doing. We should be getting away from that stuff. But you can see the correlation between that and winning. So when you just bring up random stuff that all 32 teams do, you're not helping me to understand why what you're describing is some sort of a winning strategy. There has to be some kind of a correlation between that and winning, and you're the one bringing up that correlation by showing me teams that you respect and teams that have won the Super Bowl and saying, look what they did. What else am I supposed to do? Other than to say, yes, they did do that, and this team did it, and they suck, and this team did it, and they lost, and we did it, and apparently that doesn't count. And, like, again... What else am I supposed to do with that information other than just let you apply it to the team that won the Super Bowl and don't bring up the other teams? Because that doesn't seem right. Sucky draft, that would be a good one to trigger that kind of logic. Um, but yeah, I think you're just you're using it so broadly that it's, it's basically disingenuous and just utterly useless. Because, you know, as I said, I don't know if I got cut off, but... If you're making a criticism toward, well, he's made different picks or different um, sort of contracts, well, if we bring in 31 other GMs, have they not also done that? So, well, we need to bring that in. You know, I, I don't think you should. I don't bring that as a uh, uh, logic. Again, I'm always going to do that because whenever somebody says, here is what I think is a winning strategy, you apply it to the league and you see if there is a trend towards success. It doesn't make any sense to say, no, 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 don't look at the other 31. Just look at the teams that won and then look at the stuff that they did and you'll see that they did the stuff that I like. So what? Right? Well, the the, the team that won a Super Bowl had red helmets. Is there any correlation there? No. It has nothing to do with anything. 
we have to be able to apply it to the league and see if there's a correlation or if it's just a thing that everybody does and there's no correlation. Otherwise, it's useless information. And again, I'm not even disagreeing that trying to pat... And again, there's so many freaking holes here that we need to patch to even get anywhere. Is, is it a winning strategy to try to uh, make sure that your team can compete? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do the Packers do that? Yeah. Well, no, they don't. Not in my opinion. Okay. Well, cool. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't really know where to go from here. So, sort of weigh something only if it's something where you're completely being unfair and and saying because of this one, you know, draft he sucks or whatever. Then that's a fair point. But again, if Rogers sucks, you know, in terms of him missing a guy in that playoff loss. I don't. I shouldn't have to bring in thirty-one other QBs to say, well, wouldn't they have done? Haven't they all done things? Have it Tom Brady, you know, miss some guys, you know, in in you know. Uh, that would be a completely fair critique. It would be completely fair. I mean, it would be unnecessary because the only point I'm bringing up is we lost, and here's the reasons. Right. That, that, that's the whole thing we're trying to assess is the reasons we lost so that we can change it moving forward. And because we have things like PFF and just our own two eyes, you can directly see here's a loss. Here is somebody that didn't do a good job. So, of course, there's there's every reason to do that with. A, well, Tom Brady also was bad sometimes in the playoffs. Right. And, and that's a bad thing. Right. Now, either they lost, and he's part of the reason, or they won despite him, but it's going to be because of the players that are on the team that overcame the negative stuff. But we're not, that doesn't change anything. And yes, you can, that's the thing. You can apply what I'm saying throughout the league, and it's going to hold up. All I'm saying is you critique the bad players for being bad. That's never not going to be true. Hey, when he drives, you know, sure. But... Still valid criticism because that's what he get paid the big bucks. I shouldn't have to bring in 30, 31 other teams to sort of deflect. So, anyways, all right, I'll see you. Yeah, again, I know a lot of what I said before came in after these string of calls here, but again, if you uh, do decide to call back, um, again, I, I just think, well, again, I think the whole conversation is we're really, I mean, you called in, I think, seven times to talk about this little, tiny, minute aspect of things. But if you really want to hammer that point, then, I, I, I mean, there, there has to be specifics, period. But even then, we're, we're not going to cover a lot of ground because you bring up a name and then what do we do with it? We don't know if they were 100% for sale. Or even, let's say you found somebody that got traded to another team. But there's still a lot of information we don't have. Was that a need for us? Did Gutekunst try to contact them? Talk to them? Make an offer? What was the offer? Why didn't he do it? What would have happened if he came here? We don't know any of that. And again, even, even if we could overcome all of that, even if you can give me a specific name, and we can conclude that, you know, Gutekunst didn't make an offer that he should have made, right? It's entirely possible that he offered more than the other team, but he didn't want to come here, which happens all the time. But even if we assume that that didn't happen, and we assume that he would have come in and started and been really, really good, we're still just talking about a fraction of the larger overall problem. So, anyways, thanks everybody for calling in. 
I have got to get going to bed because I am about to pass out. You guys have yourselves a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Maybe. Bye-bye.